Hello, happiness seekers. Welcome to another episode of End Happiness. I'm your host, the work psychologist, Claudia Vitora, and I'm on this journey to test drive and explore some best happiness hacks from fantastic leading experts around the globe and share what I've learned with you. And today we're speaking about uncertainty and happiness. I'm already cringing (laughs) around this topic because it is really uncomfortable topic, but yet so important. What's really fascinating is that we believe that certainty is attainable, but the opposite is true. And we know it from experience that life is really a constant change. And we can never be 100% sure of what's going to happen. That scares us so much. There is just an endless number of studies which show that how stressed we feel about something happening is not necessarily proportionate to the likelihood of something actually happening. And that simply means that not knowing what's going to happen, so uncertainty, is more stressful for us than the potential actual negative event itself. So I invited Caroline Pankhurst, the founder of Be Braver, is a courage coach and consultant. She's a speaker and a researcher on leading courageously and living fearlessly. So in this episode, we are specifically discussing with Caroline why being braver is important to our happiness, how being braver can help us to deal with uncertainty. Caroline has a very specific model to talk us through. How can we manage our fear and handle risks more effectively? And how can we make good enough decisions, even they are quite tough ones? So I'm really, really excited about this episode. If you are a regular listener and would like to access more resources on happiness, remember to sign up to my monthly pod letter. Just visit www.endhappiness.co.uk. You can also follow me on Instagram at endhappinessofficial and check out all the links provided in the episode notes on the podcast platforms to find out more. So welcome again to an uncertainty and happiness. Hello, Caroline. I am so excited about our conversation today. Welcome to End Happiness. Thank you so much for inviting me on. And I am happy just by nature of the fact that I am here. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant. And we are talking about uncertainty. Let's be honest. I'm not sure how much anyone likes uncertainty. We definitely have been wired to really have those different fears and concerns when we don't know what will be happening. And I know that you very much work on changing that mindset of thinking how we can be braver. So first of all, my first question is, why actually being braver is important to our happiness? What can we gain by finding more courage in life? Well, I think being brave and being courageous is the route to living a fulfilling and a meaningful life. And I am strongly of the opinion that actually we find more happiness by living with more uncertainty and making more brave and courageous decisions because we don't get to experience happiness without pain and discomfort and the things that we want to avoid and I think happiness is found as much in the things that we let go of and the things that we accept as it is in the moments of joy and euphoria and contentment 
to experience happiness in the way that we want to live our lives means we need to ask uncomfortable questions often of ourselves about where do we find happiness and actually what does that look like for me? It requires us to have self-awareness. It requires us to resist rebel societal expectations, pressures, conformity, things that we've been told. So the pursuit of happiness and to open ourselves up to the moments where we can find it often asks us to do uncomfortable things and things that require risk and uncertainty. Mm, oh my goodness and that's so true and you know what he's saying all of this and I'm like cringe 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 <laughs> because it's almost like we've all been in situations as you said the pressure that we get from a society our network of what we should be doing in terms of to be happy but actually what's actually good to us for us I think really important there when you mentioned those uncomfortable decisions uncomfortable questions and the idea that sometimes we have to let go to find that happiness. So, so true, but so uncomfortable. Even when you were listing it, I was feeling a little bit uncomfortable. So when we are in that situation and we're trying to deal with uncertainty, we maybe need to take a big risk. We might need to make a really tough decision. And yes, we know we potentially moving towards happiness, but you know, it's not guaranteed. Let's be honest. It's uncertainty. We never know what's going to happen. How the model of being braver that you propose can help us to deal with that uncertainty and discomfort? Well, the Be Braver model and the program equips people with tools, questions and pillars really to lean upon so that things that trigger fear or that you might want to avoid don't become things that are paralyzing you and unable being able to move towards the person that you are becoming and what it does is it shapes and it helps make sense of who you are becoming what purpose and what meaning your life is about which is what we do in the clarity module which is all around finding clarity it gives you the tools to understand the confidence that you can have in your decisions because ultimately all of these situations and circumstances whether they're going to be ones in the workplace, whether they're ones that you're making about your business, whether they're ones that you're making about your personal life or your career, ultimately it all boils down to decisions that you make. We don't even often have the control over the choices that we have available to us because different people will have different choices present themselves to you. So it's about understanding how do you um, mostly are found within the inner world. And what we do within the Be Braver program is we look at understanding clarity, confidence, connection, so how you connect to others, your environment, yourself, so that when you choose courage, it's the merits of the strength of the decisions that you make in the face of uncertainty that are the things that matter and move you forwards the most to the person that you are becoming. So that obviously you're going to be making a decision or a choice with a risk involved hoping that you get the outcome that you would like but by very nature of the fact <laughs> that whenever anybody makes a brave and courageous decision there's no guarantee on the outcome because it wouldn't be brave or courageous otherwise so you have to hold space for the fact that you might not get the outcome that you want but if you've done it the be braver way 
the strength of the decision is ultimately the thing that builds you and grows you the most. So that irrespective of whatever outcome you get, you stand taller, you're happier, you're more confident, you're more assured in the decision that you have made. And very often when we do make these decisions, things that we couldn't even foresee will be on the other side of that decision. You might get the outcome that you were hoping for with bells and whistles on it, or you might not get the outcome that you wanted, but something else, because we can't predict and foresee all of the things that we haven't yet experienced or discovered in the world. And we're brilliant at being able to forecast and predict things that could go wrong based on what we know because we've experienced that, we've seen it, we've heard about it. But there's just as much abundance out there as there is scarcity and fear will lead us because it's trying to keep us safe and it's trying to protect us to notice the risks that are there, not the things that we haven't yet seen or experienced, but it doesn't mean that they're not there either. Mm. So when we look at the way that we make our decisions and the way that we respond and react to courageous moments within the Be Braver model, the tools and the sort of pillars that you draw upon are around clarity. So who you are becoming and what your values are, what matters to you, how you want to make your choices and decisions, the confidence that you have in your competency, skills and abilities to be able to know how to make the right decisions in the face of uncertainty, how you connect to the abundant amount of resources and tools and networks and communities and peers and people around you to help you with those decisions and then how you have the things in place that you need to be resilient irrespective of whatever the outcome is. Oh, love it. Very, very clear. And I really agree with your point that sometimes uncertainty is so scary and actually most often because it's so vague as well and abstract. And I love that the model that you're proposing is very specific. So the clarity of remembering of who we're becoming, love that because often <laughs> is we, as you said, we concentrating on what we'll be potentially losing, not what we will be gaining. So who I want to become, why I'm actually doing this, the idea of confidence in our our skill sets, remembering that we have so much experiences already. So let's build mm -hmm. on that. But then that connection, asking for help, I think that is so many times missed because sometimes we may not share what we want to do. We may kind of shy away from asking for help. So I really love the idea that you have that connection there. And then that resilience, being ready that things may not work out. <laughs> I, yeah. I love that because it's almost saying it's like, okay, even if my the worst case scenario will happen I'm ready to deal with it because I thought about it beforehand yeah I so so important and that's almost creating a bit of certainty I guess yeah and knowing when you've been brave before in the past being able to notice when you've made decisions before where you haven't got the outcome that you'd anticipated but that you were fine or you moved forward so being able to notice what bravery and resilience looks like for you and has looked like before in the past and I think the other just building on what you pulled out before about the cost and the gain of taking a risk we always ignore the fact that staying where you are has a cost as well mm -hmm. what do you lose of the person that you are becoming 
or the place that you're wanting to move towards by staying where you are. And actually the longer, and particularly for people that avoidant or procrastinating of difficult things, you know, that the gap increases between where you want to be and where you are, the longer you avoid making some of those decisions. And in actual fact, courage doesn't always mean moving towards. It can be about letting go and moving away from. But then you have to you have to have acceptance of that decision and be committed to it and allow yourself to feel the pride and the strength and the growth that comes with being a person who is able to make difficult and uncomfortable decisions because there is something at stake that is meaningful, important and worth taking risks and costs for in order to move towards that. Yeah, yes, absolutely. So as you're saying, even if we don't move towards and we move away, but that still means a tough decision and a change. And I think that's what scares us. But I love the fact that when we are managing risk, what you just said, I think that's so powerful because I'll be honest, I didn't thought about it in that perspective. That yes, we often think, okay, this is what I will gain. This is what potentially I will lose. But what am I losing but also potentially gaining. If I'm staying in the same place, if I'm kind of accepting the status quo, what happens there? And you're thinking about that gap of, okay, this is who I really want to be. This is who I am right now. And I'm not considering the cost I'm paying for being and really like sometimes, you know, putting up with status quo, right? Because it's like, even if it's bad for us, at least we know it. So we kind of on this autopilot in life, rather than saying, no, I'm going to change that. Brilliant. Thank you. And now I just would like to ask you a little bit about this generally idea of fear as an emotion. Mm -hmm. So, okay, I've planned all of this. I understand all of this. I'm ready to move on, but I still will have the fear, right? None of those methods are really going to get and remove my fear because that's not how we are wired as human beings. Uh So this emotion of fear, which for me personally always sits in my stomach, my stomach clenches, and then I know I'm I'm scared. (laughs) When I have that when I have that clench in the stomach, I was like, okay, yeah, fear is coming. I am concerned about something. Um, how can we deal with that, manage that fear more effectively? So I call fear a frenemy. It can be like a, a friend and an enemy. And I think the trick is to befriend it and to recognize that it's almost like an overprotective sibling that's got your best interests at heart, but isn't always up to speed and with the program in terms of the skills, the person that you are today and what you have to draw upon and why you've made the decision that you have done. And also fear physiologically feels the same as excitement. And if you've made a decision and if you're accepting the uncertainty that comes with that but you're deeply connected to your values the purpose the intent for it you know what resilience is going to look like when you get to the other end of it irrespective of what the outcome is you know it can be excitement or nerves as much as it can be fear but it's also about having compassion with it I think and sitting with it and understanding it and going what's this trying to alert me to what's it trying to keep me safe from 
because ultimately that's what it's trying to do and not often a threat from tigers running <laughs> around trying to savage us anymore the often the threats that we fear are more psychological ones that said some fear is a very very healthy fear and that's why you have to listen to it attend to it if you're a woman going out in the evening in the dark your fear radar is going to be setting off with good reason and trying to keep you safe there because there are physical threats out there and there are things that we do genuinely need to be really alert to but some of the fears and the threats that we perceive we don't need to attend to them in the way so I think often it's about giving reassurances to your fear to go do you know what I've got this I know you're trying to keep me safe and you're worried that I might be rejected or I might feel shame or I might embarrass myself or I might not get the outcome that I want but I'm good with that because these are the things that I have in place these are the thoughts that I have got and actually I'm excited about the decision that I've made now to see what manifests itself and I'm going to be good with whatever it is so that adrenaline that you're sending me I'm going to rechannel that and reframe that and flip it into something good that's going to help me with this next action step, walking mm. away, whatever it is that I'm doing. Yes, really lovely. I love that you're saying that, yes, sometimes, is it the fear or is it excitement? I'm just trying to think probably, yes, this idea of clenched stomach. I probably had it also in the most exciting moments of my life, like when I was getting married last year, you know? Yeah. So probably it was more of an excitement rather than the fear, but quite interestingly, kind of recognizing why is it there. And also you mentioned this, I guess, the moving away from this like perfect outcome. And I think that is so important. And when we make a decision, I guess, how can we make a decision that is a good enough decision? Not the perfect decision, because we don't have all the information. Sometimes, as you said, our choices are limited. But what about the good enough decisions? And how can we be okay with that? Well, good enough decisions, exactly like you've just said there, is about a good decision is the decision itself, isn't it? It's not measured by the outcome which is often outside of your control and if we're talking about making decisions in the spaces of risk and uncertainty there's no such thing as a perfect decision is there and if there's a risk and an uncertainty there there's things that could go one way or the other so you're never going to be able to mm. know that you have a decision sometimes the decisions we make are a choice between a good one and a good one sometimes they're a choice between a bad one and a bad one and sometimes we're just in a situation where we're having to make uncomfortable decisions where, you know, neither outcome's ideal. But often the choices that present themselves to us, we have to accept sometimes they are not within their control. It's why comparison to other people, so perfectionism and comparison are really pointless things to consider when you have difficult decisions to make because in the material world and in the internal inner world that we have, everybody's experiences and what they have to draw upon and the resources that they have are completely and utterly different. So you can only work with what resources have presented themselves to you. And if you know that you are doing the best that you can with purpose, meaning and intent aligned to your values, 
drawing on all the resources that you have available to you, you are making the best decision that anybody in your circumstance could be asked to do. And that is all you could ever ask of anybody else. And that's all you should ever ask of yourself. Mm. I love that because, you know, commonly in the conventional wisdom, people often say, oh, that was a good decision because I gained all of this or, oh, this was a very bad decision because I lost all of this. But what you're suggesting is actually quite different. You're suggesting that the decision and outcome may not necessarily line up, but that doesn't mean that the decision in itself wasn't good because it was the best decision we could have taken in context of what was happening in that specific moment in time I mean we are within organizations or you know depending whether you think about it within an organizational setting or within your personal life we are obsessed almost with outcome and results and less about the integrity of the decisions and the process of the decision making obviously all of us make decisions hoping and wanting to get the ideal outcome but you this is what drives me mad when I talk to businesses and <laughs> teams and organizations you can't ask people to be brave and courageous and expect to get the outcome all the time because risk is a condition of those decisions which means the certainty of a predictable outcome is not there and actually if everything was certain and if everything was predictable we will be replaced by robots and we lose the essence of what humanity is and creativity and innovation and the things that we learn about and the things that grow and move us forward are more often than not things that haven't been intended that have fallen out as the consequence of something that somebody had the audacity to try to do or try to create. So we diminish ourselves by avoiding doing uncomfortable things and measuring ourselves just on the outcomes and the material things in the world, Mm. the measurable things. You know, when I was talking about the cost before, the cost to our sense of self, to our identity, to the person that we are in shying away from making a decision that matters to us because we couldn't guarantee the outcome or for not speaking out about something that happens in a meeting that you know nobody else is speaking out about and needs to be spoken about or not defending yourself in front of somebody because you fear the ramification. That's where we start to diminish ourselves. We lose our sense of self and there is a huge cost to a life in making decisions like that, more so than often the material Mm. cost Yes, it's almost like very interesting exploration of why we don't take action. And actually, also, when you mentioned what drives you crazy in organizations, I think what drives me crazy sometimes is that people expect being courageous and brave in teams and innovate. And yet the consequences for failures are blame. Yes. And similarly, in, in, like in organizations, a blame culture kills innovation because why I should take a risk if later on there 
various finger pointings of why things didn't go according to the plan. The yeah. same in our own life. If we take a decision and then we are so harsh on ourselves and we don't show ourselves self-compassion, uh, that we failed or something didn't go according to the plan, then ultimately in the future, we're not going to try again because it was such a painful experience. Yeah, exactly. Which is why particularly in teams and in organizations, the communication side of it is really clear so that everybody collectively goes, we are making this decision and it might not pan out and it might fail or we might not get the results. These are the things that we are going to put in place if that eventuality happens, it doesn't mean that you, you, everybody's going to be jumping up and down and celebrating the fact that you didn't hit your target or the product didn't work or the process didn't deliver what it was supposed to do. But it recognizes the fact that you will be, as a team, recognizing, well, what have we learned? What does that say about who we are? How have we moved forward from where we were? Because even if you don't get the outcome that you had wanted, you will have moved forward in some way. And like you say, because if healthy processes aren't in place to deal with failure or rejection or not hitting the outcomes, then that's where you get avoidant behavior. But everybody will feel stronger for having known that they've been prepared to do that and that they've done it. Yes, brilliant. Thank you, Caroline. I mean, this is all so insightful. And we could be talking whole day about this topic. <laughs> I feel like I have another 25 different questions here. But just my final question, it's as a podcast, I love exploring what makes other people happy. So my question to you as a last question is, what makes you happy? What makes me happy? Not, oh, okay. Well, this moment now is making me happy. Connecting with people makes me happy. Being in the moment, doing hard things and choosing courage has undoubtedly been harder for me. I've made more difficult decisions and I've had more failure, but I have never been happier than since I've been practicing a Be Braver mindset. I would say... Love, family, friends, sunrises, sunsets, lakes, fresh air, being sober, <laughs> accepting my mistakes, the fragility of life, existing, being alive, being able to feel and making other people laugh. Oh, love it. Fantastic. And you did make me laugh several times today. So look at this. You achieved that very, very quickly. Thank you so much again for coming to Unhappiness and sharing with our listeners that idea of the braver mindset and dealing with uncertainty. I have learned so much. Definitely going to implement lots of specific aspects into my own decisions that I'm currently making. And thank you again for coming. Thank you so much for having me. Wow, what a great suggestions from Caroline on being and feeling braver. I definitely will be thinking and implementing the four pillars that Caroline has mentioned in our conversation. So as a recap, let's think about the following. One, clarity. Who are you becoming? What is your purpose? Why are you leaping into unknown? What are you trying to achieve? Confidence. What skills, strengths, and resources do you have that can support you in your choices? Three connections. So who can help you? What support do you need? And four, courage. What outcomes are you willing to accept? What is your resilience toolkit? So we spoke that quite a lot about that with Caroline during the conversation. This idea that 
even if we don't get what we want or what we are after, what is our journey and how are we going to deal with that and what skill sets we have and resilience to deal with those specific unknowns. If you are still looking into setting some goals and leaping into unknown, head to www.andhappiness.co.uk slash book to download my sample chapter of my upcoming book, The Alphabet of Happiness. You can download the chapter on dreams. So what is it that science actually says about goal setting and how to set goals and milestones that are contributing to your happiness? And if you're interested in the topic of courage and how to manage your fear, one of the first episodes that has been recorded as part of this podcast in series one was actually courage and happiness. When we're diving into a very specific topic of fear routine and how by recognizing what type of fears we have, how we can manage them better. So I hope you have a great week. As always, I dare you to be happy. And I hope to see you at the next episode, which is all about voice and happiness. That is our internal voice, our internal self-talk. How can we have a positive one that contributes to our overall well-being? Hope to see you there. Bye.